Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast where we explore all things assisted reproductive technology and have the great honor of having guests on who share their stories of their lives changed by assisted reproductive technology. And today is no exception to a special story and a special guest. But before we dive in, um, Jen and I, we were before talking we, about... Saying, wait, 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 who, who are you? Uh, like, no, before we dive, we I don't even know who you are right oh, now. Oh my God. Do you ever? No. Um, no but I thought no, I just assume everyone listens every time. They know who we are. This is 40th episode plus that they've listened to. Um, but okay, just in case this is your first episode, I am Ellen Trackman. And who are you? I, I don't even know today. Oh, wait, I'm um, Jennifer White. So, no. okay. <laughs> and what, what do you do? What brings you to this world? Um, so I am the director of... What am I the director of? I don't even know today. Uh, chaos, chaos. See, chaos, chaos director. I have a shirt that says that actually. Um, so, Colorado surrogacy, New Mexico surrogacy, Montana surrogacy, Texas surrogacy, and New England surrogacy. <gasps> okay, wow. it, it's it's a lot. I feel like I maybe need to consolidate some naming here. Um, <laughs> but no, but also, what what is your what what brings you here? Mm. Um, well, I'm an attorney specialized in assisted reproductive technology law, and I have a law firm that specializes in the area. And then I co-own all, said list with you. But but you're also my sister. That's more important. Oh, right? sorry. Scratch all that. I'm your sister. I'm okay. Your, oh, good. Okay. Your, I just need to make sister. sure the priority <laughs> list was in by, baby sister. Right. Priority <laughs> list is in order here. <laughs> 20 years younger than you. Is that 20 right? years? Wow. <laughs> I, I forget. An exactly. And you're supposed to be honest about I was, things. <laughs> I was rounding up by 17 years. So. Oh, awesome. Awesome. <clears throat> um, okay. So we we were talking before we started um, about nonprofits that really made a difference in our lives because yeah. our guest is the chair of a big nonprofit that we both feel strongly about and support. Uh, but do you have other nonprofits that have really made a difference in your life? I, I do. I mean, and I feel really strongly about supporting charitable organizations out there. Um, mine is actually, that has made the biggest impact in my life is actually not fertility related. Um, so when our when our daughter was two, she became catastrophically ill and was hospitalized. And we lived in Germany at the time. And we were not allowed to stay with her in the hospital. But the uh, on the facility, you know, about 300 yards away was actually a Ronald McDonald house. And um, it they're made, in Germany? Are they across they, the world? I believe so, because there was obviously one in Germany know. outside of this German hmm. hospital. And it made wow. such a huge impact to us that we were able to stay there. Uh, it was really low cost. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was, I mean, it was a pittance of, you know, basically nothing. They cooked meals, they arranged, you know, like wow. family time, like special things The the facility itself, like if we'd had was other it, children. Was it German food? Um, German it was food? not all Germans there. Was it McDonald's uh, food? It was definitely not McDonald's food. There was actually just a big public kitchen that mostly people mm -hmm. just used. Um, but they kept it stocked with like basics so you could go cook your own food when you had time. 
and but there were like huge play areas for people who had other kids and it was just really reassuring and at the time it was actually the only internet we could ever get on any given day so we'd spend the entire day with our daughter in the hospital and go back at night and that was the only internet access we had was just that (laughs) safe haven of being able to like reach out to our families and, and all of those things at night and it it made a huge impact and I'm I'm still you know our daughter is completely fine now you know yeah it was horrible at the time but you know 10 years later i still feel really strongly about my you know how much of an impact the ronald mcdonald house made for us so wow. what about you That's do you great. have any um charitable uh i mean there's so many really amazing organizations out there just because of our focus i will take the second to give a shout out to resolve and i can say i do volunteer for our walk of hope our local walk of hope um committee here in colorado and our next walk of hope is june 29th 2019 um, so if you're listening to this years later i'm sorry it's <laughs> every year though in the summer uh and uh it should be we're, we're really excited about this year of course it's raising money for resolve which supports those going through infertility right. But we are, we're going to have a porcupine there. What? We're going to have a food truck there. I mean, it's going to be great. Of course, you think of porcupines. Yeah. I'll be there. Oh, It'll be awesome. Oh, wait. You'll be wait, there. Wait, what? Oh, I'm sure that was totally not the actual draw for people, but that's okay. <laughs> you and the porcupine and the food and truck. And we both are prickly, so it's totally fine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Okay, yeah. but we should get yeah. on to this amazing interview. Um, today, we are talking to Sherman Taylor. Yes, he is really phenomenal. He's the chair of the incoming chair of Men Having Babies, and has a, a a story that is kind of beyond belief. So I really, it, I, I can't even describe it. So I think y'all just need to listen. Welcome Sherman Taylor. Thank you for joining us on the show. Uh, it's a special, special day besides us also having Sherman. Uh, Ellen and I are never, ever in the same room while we record. And we are actually in the same room sitting next to each other today. So you're super special, Sherman. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for the warm welcome and the very special, special invitation. Right? Yeah, you you get like the the extra special bit here. Sherman, it's okay if you didn't shower. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, unfortunately, we know which one of us did or did not shower this morning, but we're not telling. Well, thanks for the extra early accommodations as well, because I know it's really early where you guys are. Oh, no, no, no. It's totally, it's absolutely fantastic. So obviously we, we want to hear your, your story. You have such an incredible story. And I mean, the, the background behind this, a lot of people don't know is I've been giving you a really hard time trying to make you come talk to us because I, I love your story. It's, I mean, not to spoiler alert, it's a really great story of perseverance and you know, how you really can come through surrogacy getting exactly what you want and what you need. Um, but I know you have some some heartbreak and bumps on the way, so we'd we'd love to to hear you you tell it from your perspective. And then to bring you to a point where you're contributing and helping others is amazing. Yeah. So hopefully, so we'll get to that too. Yes, uh, uh, thank you. I uh, would love to share uh, with all the um, with our path to parenthood. Um, I feel an obligation to help people as much as I can, um, whenever I can, whether that be through providing information or mentoring or through the work at um, MHB that I do. So, so thanks for the time and, um, and the forum. Do you want to kind of give a little personal introduction about 
kind of who you are, where, what you do, or kind of give a little start. Start from your childhood, you know, all the way to the back. You know, who are you? Tell us who you are. Oh, we're going way back. Oh, (laughs) and I don't even have to pay, you know, for this therapy session, right? Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I was born and raised in Ohio. Um, my parents are both from Arkansas and they moved to Ohio, um, to enable us to have the life that we have. Uh, my father is a biochemist and my mom was a teacher. Uh, my father worked at Goodyear for 38 years. Uh, and that's why he moved to Ohio because Goodyear is the world headquarters. So, um, so I'm the oldest of the two children that they had um uh they have two boys they had two boys i have a younger brother my um my parents are still living they're living in north canton ohio which is where i was raised and um i spent my formative years there uh graduated from high school uh went to college at carnegie (laughs) <laughs> sorry. Oh wait, that's um, the least sorry. impressive thing he's done today. Never mind. So then I went to college at Carnegie Mellon University uh, and got my bachelor's and master's degree in chemical engineering. Um, and then I started work a couple weeks after I graduated with my um, graduate degree at Procter and Gamble. Um, and I was at Procter and Gamble for nineteen and a half years. And then I recently left. And moved to a medical device uh, company called Steris, um, also in Ohio. Uh, and we're now living near Cleveland, um, uh, you know, close to my parents and close to my in-laws. Um, and working for a medical device company that's, you know, potentially used in some of the medical procedures that enable people to have babies. Uh, so so there's, that's a little bit about what I, about wow, my background. that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's I, awesome. Well, we'll just throw out there that um, Jen and I's father is an engineer, and he tried very hard to convince us all to be engineers, and just failed one by one. <laughs> so, so, but good job. That's, our, our dad, our dad would be proud of you. How's that? <laughs> we just want you to know that our father wishes we were more like you. But, um, did, did you? And my brother is an engineer, know, also. Oh, oh my goodness! God. Okay, uh, family wow. trade. Got it. Good job. Your dad did better. Okay, sorry to our own dad. Um, <laughs> did you always think I I want to be a father? Or did kind of what was your thinking growing up about the family you wanted? Um, you know i i I did talk about having kids, um, but it was after I got out of college and grad school. Um, when I was dating, um, not so much when I was dating, but more when I was in longer term relationships. Um, and so I know with my one ex, we had, you know, we had talked about kids, um, but we didn't really know what the path was. And this was back in the early 2000s. So it was less known about surrogacy. And then, you know, with my, my husband now, you know, we talked about kids early on in our relationship, um, and then you know, I've heard you're supposed began. to start the first date with that. Just throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Dating advice for all. I think I think we started pretty early on. When we were um, dating, talking about wanting to have kids. Um, and then when we got engaged um, in on December 31st of 2010, 
uh, that is when I'm, I'm like right after we got engaged, like literally within 24 hours, I start, I went to Google and started looking up <clears throat> how to have children, um, biological children, um, via surrogacy. Okay. And then once you asked Mr. Google, Dr. Google, uh, <laughs> what did it lead you to? What was your next, your next step? Well, um, so, you know, I went through Google and I, you know, again, this, so this was 2010 to like January 1st of 2011. Um, uh, and so what showed up in Google, of course, is the, you know, at that time was some of the more prominent surrogacy agencies. Um, and so that served me to reach out to talk to some of the agencies and start to understand what the process. And I would say that, you know, starting out that way with Google and being, um, you know, somewhat backwards in the process of um, not because I didn't know anything at the time. Uh, what you know? You don't know what? Yeah, shockingly. Right. <laughs> and what what uh, surprised you the most from the beginning? What kind of you, what did you not expect? Oh, the price tag. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that much? Right. And I just remember, like, as the information started to come in over the next couple of weeks in January, um, I was just, I just remember being like, oh my god, how you know, how could we possibly afford that? Right. In any You're like, that includes the, the cost of raising the child too, right? In college? <laughs> no. college like, too? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Thrown in, hopefully. Yeah, I just remember thinking, oh my God. And then I guess I didn't, I didn't really think about that at the time. Like, oh man, like this is like worth, this is like the same cost as my education. Um, wow. If it goes, you know, yeah. and I didn't even know if it went, if it would go smoothly. Like that's right. how much it would cost. And if, it clearly did if, not. Yeah, if, if, if it goes smoothly, smoothly. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it all went really smoothly for you, right? Perfect. It, huh? it absolutely did not go um, <laughs> smoothly. So, I, yes. I mean, not that that's a laughing matter. No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have laughed. No, because that really is unfortunate. But what, so what was your first step? Okay, obviously you Googled. So then what was your next first so lunge we, out into this? We started talking to some agencies and then we talked to one particular clinic um, and we were starting to map out, like, at least in my mind, like what we were going to do, um, you know, like in understanding what the process was, like we would need an egg donor and we would need, we would have a gestational surrogate and not a traditional surrogate. And, you know, we would need a clinic and like, oh, like, you know, again, you're not, not knowing what you don't know. Like, I didn't know, like all these people needed to be involved. Like lawyers and, um, and the clinics and the nurses and the escrow and on and on and on. And like an egg donor and like, Oh, what is, you know, an egg donor? Like, Oh, we get to pick. And, and so all those things started to pile up and like, we started to understand more and like, we started to have, you know, we started to have conversations about, okay, what type of egg donor would we want? Um, you know, kind of not thinking about things like geography and like, where should she be located versus the, um, the clinic and understanding the cost implications of that. So, so yeah, so just the information started to come and come and come. And, um, you know, we started to weigh options, not nearly, I'm not new. I was not nearly as detailed as I am now having been through this process so many times. Um, and like, you know, with spreadsheets and, and thinking about cost options and, you know, we were really thinking about, you know, kind of the, the dream of, Hey, we're going to have, we're going to pick an egg donor. We're going to transfer two embryos The you know, we're going to have two kids at once. It's twins. Like it's, Everyone seems to do it, and we didn't know and fully appreciate the the downside or the 
the have the realization that things can go wrong, um, you know, until it until it they went wrong for us, and like how bad that can be, and not just bad emotionally, but then bad financially. Um, and so, so yeah, so then we, we didn't know, and now we know, and now that makes me, you know, such an ardent advocate for getting information, even if it's not the truth that people want to hear and people don't want to hear the truth. No, sometimes they don't. You're correct. Yeah, absolutely. So, so, so we were Googling and like we were learning and like, you know, agencies were sending us information. Um, and you know, what we, you know, one agency I would say told us kind of what we wanted to hear um, with not, um, I would say not providing us all the, the, the downside propositions and like not bringing us all the information that um, we, we now know in retrospect. Um, Do you have certain questions now that you're like, definitely ask this question to people going? Oh yeah. 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 I, and I have published lists of questions you should ask your agency on, the various Facebook groups that I'm active in. And then, yeah, yeah. you know, they, those questions have popped up as well in the um, presentations that we give at men having babies. Um, yeah. So I've updated the content um, and I've even asked, what's you know, I've even updated the question. Yeah. What's an example of, well, of those questions that you, that you didn't, didn't know at the time that you should ask? Yeah. Uh, so one was like, um, you know, how does an agency manage conflict between either the surrogate and the IP, so manage conflict in that relationship, or how does in the agency manage conflict when the IPs are dissatisfied with the services of the agency? And please provide examples of how you've resolved that to the satisfaction of the customer. Yeah, that's a, that's a great that's question. That's a tough one, too. Yeah, no, and it's, it is. It's really hard as an agency because you obviously, you're, you're always, everybody wants to put their best foot forward. You know, they don't want it. They, everybody wants it to be like, yeah, we're perfect. There's no conflict. Everybody's happy and rainbows, but that's just not, that's not the truth. Right. Did you um, and, and, have and, conflicts that you're comfortable talking about? Um, we did um, with our first agency journey. Um, so we, you know, we got, as we moved forward in the process in 2011 and we picked our agency and the agency recommended a clinic um, and we, um, we identified an egg donor that we liked through a referral by the agency. Um, we, you know, as we started to move forward and we were like, this egg donor looks great. Like, you know, we need to figure out where we're going to get this like $125,000. Um, well, actually not even $125,000. It was $200,000 that we needed to get, um, to be ready to go on this journey. Um, and, uh, you know, we, I remember calling the agency one day and we're like, we have the money, like, where's the surrogate? Like, so, right. uh, and they were like, oh, and they, and they legitimately were like, I feel like they were caught off guard. Like, what do you, like, you have the money, you're ready. I'm like, yes, we're ready. Um, and, uh, like, you know, then we need to go through the process of getting the eggs, an egg retrieval, blah, blah, blah. And what happened with our first egg donor was, um, she went in to get viewed by our clinic. Um, and the doctor at the time said, um, I've reviewed her. She has two antrophollicles. Um, she's not a good candidate for egg donation because, you know, you're not going to get any eggs out of her. Um, and yeah. And so I was like heartbroken because, you know, this, you know, she's lovely. And, you know, right. She, and all the, had, the time and effort into this choice. Right. And it was like six months of like thinking about we're going to have a child with this woman as an egg donor. Um, and like we had to start over. And so fortunately our clinic recommended um 
you know, going with uh, um, the donor concierge to help us find a new egg donor because we were like, we had gotten, the, the agency had provided one profile of a surrogate and we had had a match discussion and we thought everything was great in terms of the surrogate. Um, and so then we were like, okay, she's on the, she's on hold waiting for us to find, you know, to make embryos. So the donor concierge gave us all these profiles and that's how we found, you know, our second egg donor. Um, and then she didn't, she had already donated six times, so she was not going to work out. Um, and so then it, it went to our third egg donor. Um, and uh, fortunately she was in California um, where our clinic was. So we weren't going to have to pay enormous travel costs. Um, but anyway, she had never donated before, but she was, um, you know, she got viewed by our, our clinic and she had, she had great ovarian reserve um, and everything was great. So we made embryos. Um, Third time's a charm. Then, That's right. And what, so what was your time investment by this point? Just just even just so, creating embryos. What was your time investment here? So we started looking in January. By the time embryos were done, it was near Thanksgiving of 2011. So November. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, um, so we did a fresh transfer of two embryos, um, one for me and one for my husband in like really close to Thanksgiving of 2011 to our surrogate. Um, and so that was, yeah, so that was November of 2011. So, um, and where was your surrogate located also just physically? Also, also in California. Okay. Um, and yeah, so in hindsight, I would tell my younger self, like don't transfer to, well, there are so many things I would tell my younger self. Right. Um, uh, about that this. Was, I mean, um, now yeah. that's kind of the common wisdom, but before it was, you know, greater yeah. chance, the more embryos. Right. Right. So, um, so yeah, so we transferred to, um, and so, uh, so that was Thanksgiving roughly. And so we were also planning to get married in 2011. Um, and so we got married on the third anniversary of our first date. Aww. Um, <laughs> Love it. And so, as we're, you know, November was a transfer, we're moving along, you know, we get through the two week wait, um, you know, our surrogate is testing and she's, you know, testing positive, you know, she's testing positive and on home pregnancy tests, she goes into the, get her first beta. Um, and her beta is, you know, 807, um, at like 10 days post transfer. Um, and so, you know, I don't know at the time, like in hindsight now, I know like that number is astronomical. So then she goes in a week later um, and the beta is, I want to say it was like 14,900. Um, and so it was, you know, through the roof. And so like, you know, okay. Like, and again, in hindsight, and like I would tell, and I tell people now, you know, you can't really tell based on beta numbers, you can get an indication. Um, our, our betas are strong typically, but um, you know, that is through the roof. So the day that we got married, uh, we got a phone, not a phone call, but um, a picture, maybe a phone call. I'm trying to remember. The day we got married, we got a picture of like, you know, there's two heartbeats because um, we were six weeks pregnant at that time. Oh, um, like, or six and a half baby. weeks pregnant. <laughs> right. Honeymoon baby. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, and the, you know, there, it was definitely twins. Both embryos had implanted and transferred wow. and growing. And, you know, that's why our betas were like through the roof. Um, so yeah. And were you excited or terrified? Or both? Excited <laughs> because we were still in the, in, I'll say the fantasy land of like, people do this all the time. Surrogate 
pregnant twins, twins. are fun. They're cute. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, and like pregnancies are smooth. Like we didn't, we don't know. Like we're, I mean, my husband and I, you know, really? we never, yeah, we never accidentally got a woman pregnant. Like we never, yeah. Like, we don't have any ideas. Like, <laughs> like we have no idea about like that, yeah. Yeah. Not many people um, share if and, they do, but right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, so it's December of 2011. We're definitely pregnant. January, and this is where things started to get stressful um, between our surrogate, our agency, and ourselves. Um, is in, starting in, what, in January of in 2012. What way? Well, our surrogate started to have issues. Um, you know, she was uncomfortable and unhappy about the injections. Um, and, like, they were taking a toll on her, so she was not happy about that. She was stressed in real life. Um, and with, like, her boyfriend who walked out on her, I think, when she was about eight and a half weeks pregnant um, with our twins. Uh, because, as I recall, like, He's not a big fan of the gays. So, oh. uh, had he been in the I, picture when you matched? Like, I often they have a partner go through psych screening. Was that part of it, or was boyfriend kind of new? Um, no, the boyfriend was there. Um, he signed the contracts. Oh wow! Um, the psych screening. There was no documented evidence the psych screening ever took place. Oh wow. Okay. Um, so, so our surrogate is starting to be stressed. She's stressed at work. She's stressed. Um, she's her stressed in her personal life. The pregnancy is yeah. stressful, um, and like it's just it's starting to build. So, like January, February, March started to get more and more stressful. So, we were out in January, um, you know, in California visiting, um, you know, around the eight and a half week point. Um, you know, babies are growing. They're healthy. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Um, but things are starting to go awry. Uh, and, um, you know, our surrogate doesn't like the fact that she doesn't like living with her roommates. She's unhappy about, you know, the hour long commute that she has to make at work. Um, you know, her man has left her, um, you know, the, the shots are really painful and like they're leaving lumps and she's unhappy about that. And, um, and so, you know, and this is, you know, getting more, like it's building up more. There's more stress. There's more anxiety. And it starts to be anxiety for me because I'm like, right, I'm, you know, right. I'm the lead person kind of engaging with her. And um, Is she you know, asking you, is so, there anything that you can solve any of this? Or you're just kind of helpless watching it happen? Like, well, I was trying to help. Like, for anything? Yeah, I was like, well, can the, you know, like calling the clinic, like, can you move her to suppositories? Or what can you do to help with the shots? Um, but again, in retrospect, I would say, you know, you need to know that like a surrogate is signing up for injections to like 12 to 14 weeks. Like, so be ready for that. Like, again, I, I wasn't aware and wasn't thinking about it. And like, and she, um, I don't, anyway, I don't know what she, what her thought process was, but like it's standard injections. Um, and so, so yeah, so she's kind of coming to me. I would say we kind of started to create a codependent type relationship where I was enabling because I was feeling like, Oh my gosh, this woman has our babies and like things yeah, are, she's yeah. not in a good place. Um, and she was also telling me that stress, she was stressed at work because, um, you know, 
her boss wasn't really supportive of surrogacy, and I don't think her boss was supportive of gays as well. So, like, there was just a lot of stress. Right. Um, And then, you know, she's like, I want to move apartments because I really hate living with my roommates. Um, And, like, um, you know, I, but I have, I'm having trouble finding an apartment. And, like, you know, and, like, things just kept getting worse and worse. Like, you know, I put all my stuff into a storage unit, but the storage unit got broken into. You know, I can't really find a good apartment because my credit's not great. Um, oh, wow. All while being pregnant yeah. with twins. That's a lot. Right. Yes. Um, and, like, I'll, you know, I'll never forget. It was, I think, late March or early April. She was like, you know, I, and we were 20 weeks at this point or, you know, close to 22 weeks. Um and she was like, okay, I, you know, she had found an apartment. She was preparing to move. And she's like, but I can't figure out how to move. Um, and I was, I remember I was in a Walmart doing something, like buying something. Um, and she was like, she had sent me a text message or something or a Facebook message and said, I, you know, I'm going to move um, to this apartment, but I can't figure out how to get movers. Um, I guess I'll sleep on the floor. And she says this to me and we're like five and a half months pregnant. Right with twins and I was like oh my god like so I figure out how to I google and find like moving companies and I arrange and pay for her to move um uh which I think was like five or six hundred bucks and I was like I'm paying for this and just told the movers to just take care of it um and moved you know enabled her to move from her apartment but at this point like we like I was pretty frustrated and pretty unhappy with the help that I felt I was getting from the agency. Um, and so I was like, why are you not helping manage this? Why, like, why am I being involved? Um, not that I shouldn't be involved, but like, you know, clearly at this point she was leaning on me heavily. Right. right. Um, sounds like, the, I feel sounds like there were some education issues and a few other things that were definitely missing with the surrogate that they could have filled in the gap. Even if they made a mistake, they could have filled those in. And what was the agency's right. response? Were they just kind of missing in action or? Like I really, anything? they were really missing in action. Like we went back and went through like old phone bills and things. And like my husband was pointing out, like, here's a, he was showed me a phone bill where I'd like call them like, I don't know, a dozen times in a day. And like, they were just not reachable. Oh, wow. And so, um, so she got moved um, into her apartment. And then after her apartment, she started having, like within a week of being in her apartment, she started having like labor symptoms. And then we got a call, um, one night, um, let's see, probably April 11th or April. Yeah. Probably April 11th that she had gone to the hospital with, uh, labor signs. And we were 22 weeks and five days at this point. Um, and that she was going to be in the hospital, um, and on bed rest um for that and and then um you know her water broke and then you know we had all sorts of unpleasant conversations that you know you hope to never have you know including you know you know questions about um you know resuscitation um should any either of the children be born um and like all the terrible symptoms um and issues that a child can have when they're born at like that gestational age um and so we had you know that is terrible um and then um you know once again like i was like where's the agency involvement in this 
horrific situation. And I just don't, they were just not there. Um, and on Friday the 13th, our son was delivered, uh, stillborn. Um, and then our daughter um, was, remained in utero because uh, our surrogate was on magnesium to stop uh, the stop labor. Um, but then on Friday the, or sorry, on Sunday the 15th, um, our daughter was delivered. The hospital and the doctors had chosen to stop the labor halting medication without consulting with us. Um, so we found out that our daughter, was it the thought, was there still hope for, for one of your children to make it? That's what I understood. Um, and so they, they stopped the magnesium, they stopped the labor halting medication. So our daughter was delivered. Um, and, um, we found, we found out that our daughter was delivered. Like it was posted on Facebook by our surrogate. Oh our daughter had been delivered. That's how you found out. Bef- before we were told. Oh my God. Oh, I feel traumatized for you. Wow. And so, um, wow. So. Was she in contact uh, and then, with you and, and this, it was, at this time? She was. But she posted um, on Facebook first. Yeah. Wow. That's incredibly traumatic. I'm so sorry. And so this was like the, I mean, this was the whole, like, and then it was just on after that. Um, like, there, there was just a, a litany of terrible things that happened. Like, you know, me calling the agency and like, I don't understand what's, you know, well, first I, you know, we're, horribly saddened um you know and like because it's surrogacy it's so complex even though it's in california um andy had to call like the state capitol because they were the hospital was giving us problems about the the death certificates and who the children belong to and like i remember he had to call sacramento and they were like apparently california is no joke for same-sex couples because he called them and they're like, the hospital's doing this and this and this. And they were like, we'll take care of it. Oh, good. And I mean, that's good to hear. Within one, like one person being. Yeah. Like within a couple hours, they had reached out and like, I don't know what they said to them, but we were like, they were like, you're not. Anyway, it was taken care of. And like the death certificates were issued with our names on it and they cremated the children and, um, you know, the ashes were sent to us. Um, and so they, they just handled it. Um, you know, we had. You know, our attorney was really great um, in making sure that the judge, you know, handled this appropriately. Um, the huge letdown was the agency. Um, and like they, you know, we had this horrible tragedy. Um, you know, we wanted to be parents. Um, you know, they, I didn't, I don't feel like they swung into action. Um, they took three and a half months after our children were delivered to give us an, a profile of a new surrogate. Um, so, and, so you opted to try with them again? Is that with that ACM agency? Yeah. Okay. We did. We we wanted to give them the opportunity. We we had spent 125 grand by that point, um, and like you know we had we were ready to go from um, you know we had a baby shower set up and invites had been sent out a registry had been done I had to go back and cancel all of that I had to tell 50 people like we you know we're we're not having kids this year because. We're now, we now have to plan for our funeral. Um, and like, you know, it was just one just mess after another. 
Um, I'm I'm impressed that three months later you're like okay let's go again. Right. Like, I feel like some people would just be like I can't do like that. Too that traumatized was so much to go yeah. through. Oh, yeah. No, I was. It was probably within because I know how long it takes. I or I knew how long it had taken the first time. I was like, you need to get ready. But the agency kept waffling and saying, and I, in retrospect, we figured out they didn't have any surrogates available. Um, but they sent us this profile for the surrogate. We were like, uh, she's not really what we want, but you know, we're considering. But it was the only profile they sent us. And then after two weeks, the sur- they told us that the surrogate wanted to move along to a different match, and they said they wouldn't match us with anyone else. What? Yep, they said they would not provide us with any more profile. Wow. Wow. And I think that was probably the. I, I mean, I, we were. I was. I was pretty furious uh, the whole time. Yeah. Um, and but I think that was like the. This is. I think we're we're gonna go into a, a different space in our relationship now that you're not upholding your end of the bargain. And so then like we started to dig and like we, you know, we had we hired an attorney and like we started to like go through things and like, you know, I had put together an eleven page timeline document of all the things that I remembered, you know, eleven pages <laughs> of yeah. you know, how we had worked together and like it, it got really ugly. Um and like things started coming to light. Like I mentioned there was no documentation on her having a psych- psychological evaluation. Oh, um, right. Then we found out that she had she had been matched previously with somebody else um, and had, you know, I think like multiple failed transfers and a miscarriage that we were not told about. Um, you know, her her medical records from the um, the hospital had, you know, where she when she delivered our twins, they had huge parts that were redacted. And we were like, "Why is this being redacted?" Oh um, so there were things that were being hidden before, but that's that's a huge red flag. The right? major redactions. Wow. Yes, and so we were, and then we were like, "Well, who would have redacted her medical records?" Right. Who would have? Indeed, it would have. Been, it could have been the agency. Right. Um, oh, interesting. And right. the and like and just I mean, crap just started. I mean, just terrible things. Like that's so, so the surrogate had Kaiser insurance. Um, oh. And so oh. Kaiser in California is terrible. And so what? What happened? Better than any other after, state, though, at least. Yeah. <laughs> so so we get a so we get a huge bill from the hospital for thirty six thousand dollars for the delivery of our twins. Oh my god. Um, so wow. we you know between myself and our attorney we fought that off, but like that's a terrible thing. Yeah. To send. Um, parents who are grieving like this massive bill. Right. Um, so anyway, it was just terrible, terrible, terrible. So, you know, towards the end of 2012, um, we parted ways with that agency, um, but we entered into a protracted legal dispute um, over three years. Um, and they, I think they went through like four attorneys, like in that time period, they changed their websites like three times. Um because there were things on there that were pretty erroneous. Um, and uh, like they were getting called about called out on it, about it with, with our attorney. Um, I think they thought that we would go away. Um, they wrote into their agency contracts some clauses that got in front of a judge. And I think he said they were, um, I can't remember the word he used, but it was like the clause that they put in about arbitration was um, 
totally inappropriate. It was something worse than that. Like unconscionable, I think is what he said. Unconscionable. Um, yeah. Because the, wow. ar- the arbitration clause said, not only would we go through mediation, but then we would go through arbitration with a panel of like three judges and like a panel of three judges is going to be like some ridiculous amount of money. Right. So they made it hard to dispute conflicts with the agency. Um, and so they threw out that clause. Um, and I, I truly think they thought we would just go away. Um, and we just kept coming at them. And anyway, so that, that lasted for three years. Um, so we went to a different agency, paid, you know, another agency fee. Um, started over again. Yeah. You know, started over again. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so again, now here again, like we transferred two embryos that were frozen. Um, we got pregnant with one child. Okay. Uh, but you did try to transfer then, two embryos again, the second, that next time. Right. Okay. That next time. And I, cause I, you know, again, I, I don't know. I just didn't learn. So, um, and, uh, but now I'm like t- a totally an advocate for single embryo transfer. Um, so we transferred two embryos again. Um, we got pregnant with a singleton. Um, and then, you know, things were relatively good with that pregnancy. Um, was the, uh, was the agency had, at that time a little more supportive? Second agency? Um, <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know who any of these agencies are. So, I mean, I, like, I am completely, you know, like, I'm just curious in general, like, what your general uh, experiences were. I think... I, it, I took a, again, I took, I, I am a pretty active, I would say, intended parent. Um, you know, I remember I was setting up travel and I, you know, I, the surrogate at that time had not flown, I think. And so like I flew with her, she was in Ohio. I flew with her to California um, to get, you know, to have her medical evaluation with our clinic, you know, flew back with her. Um, and then I flew with her again um, uh, and her friend. Um, to the clinic, uh, you know, for the transfer. Um, so anyway, so, but I just remember taking like a lot more, doing a lot more stuff, like setting up travel arrangements, setting up hotels, um, you know, making sure that things were okay with her. Like, you know, when she had three days of, you know, kind of bed rest after the transfer, like, you know, we would bring her stuff, but, um, you know, I'm taking a pretty active approach. Um, uh, Anyway, so so that so that pregnancy went relatively well. We had a, a Brecton Hicks scare around thirty weeks, um, and then but her I'm water sure broke. For like, you guys, after the experience you went through, even Braxton Hicks is probably terrifying. Well, yes, and like you know, she had to go to the hospital, um, and like we were, you know, of course on eggshells. So I remember like that happened at thirty weeks. You know, I was working. Andy, um, he went up to stay with her for like a day or two. Um, she got released from the hospital. It was, you know, everything was fine. Um, but then her water broke at like 36 weeks, five days. Um, and then our son was born at 37 weeks, zero days. Um, so he was, but he was born healthy. Yeah. Um, so everything was fine. Uh, good. Good. It's holding my breast. No, I know. Right. Even though I know, <laughs> I know that and I know the answer to that one, but I yeah. still was like, ah, ah, you're giving me anxiety. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, I'm like, so, I've so yeah, so that... adorable too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so yes, so so that was a that was our second journey and our you know our first living child. 
Um, and so, you know, we wanted to keep building our family. We went into this wanting to have two to four children. Um, you know, our surrogate asked us in the hospital after she delivered, like, you know, do you want to do this again with me? And I was like, okay, you know, we had a vaginal birth. Like, it was I mean, like that's almost, nice. Almost had a C-section, but right. right. Um, so, uh, and so we, you know, time passes. Our son is 16 to 18 months. Let's see, when did we restart? Um, we restarted probably in December of 20. So he was born in August of 2013. Um, we restarted in the fall of 2015, 2014. So it, which actually, um, in, you know, retrospect, that was good. Um, because the latest thinking for inter pregnancy intervals is like 18 months, um, to avoid issues with like premature delivery, um, blah, 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 blah. So, um, anyway, so, um, you know, we restarted towards the end of 2014, um, getting evaluation, you know, the medical evaluation redone, um, getting the OB clearance letter redone. And I was, psych, you know, at this point I was like, psych, right? Psych. Yes. Yeah, psych was done. Checking that now the medical um, records were redacted. <laughs> right. Um, and so, you know, at this point I remember having a very, you know, direct conversation with the OB, like, is there any issues, anything we should be worried about? Like, anything that you, you have any concerns about clearing her? Um, and so, you know, the answer was no, you know, our RE cleared her. Um, and so we transferred in January. Um, we transferred two embryos again. Um, and, uh, the betas were good, not as good as the first, our first journey. Um, but the betas were good, but our betas were strong. I think they were 500. It was a 500 at, you know, 10 days post-transfer. And I can't remember. That's a really great first beta though. Yeah. Um, and then our, at, at like six and a half weeks, they went in to do the ultrasound and they didn't see heartbeats, um, but they saw fetal poles. Um, so the RE was like, we'll come back, um, you know, in a week and we'll check again. Um, it looks like, you know, something's there, but we couldn't. So at seven and a half weeks, they went in and they found two heartbeats. Um, so, so yeah. So then, um, so at this time, our surrogate was living in California. Um, so she had, and, oh, she'd moved from Ohio in the middle to California. Right. To California. Okay. Um, to, yeah. And so, so she was, you know, she, yeah, she had done, yeah, she had moved to California. Um, and so she was not too far away from our clinic, which was in Los Angeles. And then, um, so she went up at seven and a half weeks. There were two heartbeats. So then, um, at the, so then I already wanted another, um, ultrasound at nine and a half weeks. So two weeks later. So now in, in between the seven and a half weeks and the nine and a half weeks, she was planning to come back to Ohio. Um, um, and I can't remember exactly. I want to say, I don't remember if it was in this journey or the next journey that she and her um, husband separated. Oh, so many relationship um, problems. I know, right? <sighs> yes, I know. We were, we, you know, at one point I was starting to feel like we were the Black Widow for straight wow. relationships. Yeah. 
Um, so Tiff, make sure your gestational carrier is in a healthy relationship, right? Stable. So yes. So um. So yeah. So she she'd flown back to Ohio. So we had to do the monitoring clinic. Um, monitoring at a clinic in Ohio. So because it was going to be in Ohio, I had my parents come. Um, and I remember saying to my doctor, okay, just schedule the, the appointment, not on Friday the 13th, because it was really close. And they were like, well, you know, I forget what they said, but like, um, but they, they were like, we understand your, you know, your apprehension. Right. Um, yeah. Right. And so anyway, so my parents are there, you know, the surrogate goes back for the evaluation and the ultrasound. Um, she sends me a message and tells me to come back. Um, and then suddenly I'm sitting in front of the doctor at the clinic and he's saying, um, you know, there's no heartbeats now. Oh. Um, oh. And it is on Friday the 13th. Oh, right. Um, and you've got your parents there who are super excited. My parents are there. Part of this. Right. And they didn't know that we were pregnant with twins. Oh. Um, and so, um, so yes, so we, you know, so then they're explaining like what's happened and like, you know, we have our son with us also because he's, you know, roughly 18 months old. Um, and uh, yeah, so, you know, the time that we have this conversation, you know, we're all crushed. Um, we just leave. Like, I don't even explain to my parents what's happened. My mom figures it out. My dad's like, I don't understand what's going on. So my mom had to explain to him in the car, like, why we were leaving. Um, you know, we had a very sad, you know, kind of breakfast at or lunch or somewhere at Bravo's after the appointment. Um, our surrogate, um, you know, is going to have to, you know, miscarry um, the twins. And when they stop the medications, they're going to, you know, usually the time frame is what three to four days after you stop medications, right? Um, yeah, so they were told they told her to stop medications. Um, she stops, you know, but in three days she's getting on a plane to go back to California with her sons. Oh my god! Oh, she um, brought her children. So she's on the plane. Oh. The, okay, yeah. So she she had her children with her on the plane. She was she, bring, she was coming to visit plane. family, probably right? Yeah. Yeah, she was visiting her family in Ohio. Um, she miscarries on the plane. Oh my god! Um, wow. The plane has to make an emergency landing. What? Um, so then, yes. Uh, wow. And she's by herself because her husband was in California, so they were wow. still together at this point. Um, and so, yeah. So wow. then, the, where was the, the emergency plane makes landing? an emergency landing uh, in Phoenix? I, if I recall. Wow! Correctly. Oh my goodness. Um. And then I, you know, he, the husband calls me, you know, I pay for him to fly to Phoenix, you know, to cover the hotel um, where they're staying. And then, you know, everybody gets home um, safely. Um, yeah. So then, so that's, I want to say that was March of 2015. Um, so then like the next day, yes, it was March because it was Friday the 13th um, in March. Uh, of 2015 and then uh you know i had a discussion on the 16th of march about you know we don't have enough embryo i'm worried about having enough embryos to make it like we need to do another egg retrieval so basically we have to start over again 
um, and make more embryos. And this time our, our doctor is saying you should probably PGS test them because more than likely the, you know, they didn't have a heartbeat because there was a genetic issue. Oh, because you hadn't had them PGS so, tested before, right? Right. So we did another egg retrieval. Um, and that was a whole process in and of itself, um, which took like, you know, we started in March, call it mid-March. Um, we didn't do an egg retrieval until September of that year. Um, and so, yes, we did an egg retrieval on September 3rd. Um, and then we did the PGS testing. Um, and then our surrogate, we transferred one embryo to her. So we've learned our lesson at this point. Right. Um, single embryo, right. And single embryo. But what we decided to do was two surrogates in parallel. Oh, okay. Um, single embryo transfer. Um, so our first, the surrogate that had carried our, from our second journey and our third journey was, had one embryo. We had another agency do a, give us a surrogate. Um, she was a first time surrogate. Um, and yeah. Did they, so, did they, just out of curiosity, did they live near each other? Did they know each other? Were they aware of each other? They did not um, know each other. They both were in California. Um, they knew of each other. Um, the, the new surrogate, surrogate number three, was like, I don't care. She was basically like, I don't care if you're doing, you know, how many surrogates you have. Um, surrogate number two was a little concerned about... Um, a little concerned about that, um, I think at first. Um, anyway, so we did a transfer at the end of September to surrogate number two. Um, she gets pregnant, um, you know, toward through the fall. Um, like things start to go unravel with her relationship with her husband. Oh, what? <sighs> no. Right. Yeah. So again, so um, yeah, and so they had separated. Um, and we had surrogate number three. Um, she, you know, she did a transfer. We had a chemical with her. Um, and then, so we tried again. Um, and then we got a, you know, a big fact negative with the transfer with her. So we stopped working with her. Um, so that didn't work at all. Um, so that was transfers five and six with her. And transfer number four was surrogate number two. Um, but surrogate number two's pregnancy is proceeding along, um, but she has a subchorionic hematoma. Um, so in the midst of, you know, separating from her husband, um, and, and the pregnancy seeming to go okay, except for this subchorionic hematoma where she's on bed rest, um, you know, it, do, it never seems to resolve. Um, so then... We're entering into January of 2016, um, and then I think it was January 11th that we get a text message or a call that um, she needs us to call her. Uh, never, never a good message. Never a good thing, yeah. Can we talk? And it's yeah, it's because her... Uh, January 11th. It was January 11th. We got, I got a message in the morning. We're like looking through your files as we talk. Right? He has it in front of him. It's an outline. Yeah, I had to, I had to, 
I had to go back. Um, so January 11th, her water had broken. And so oh she was God. 17 weeks and five days pregnant. And oh her water, so she went to, um, so she went to the doctor, um, you know, like the amniotic sac is empty. Like there's basically no fluid in it. So they sent her to an MFM. Um, uh, but our son is still alive. Um, and you know he's still moving yeah. around. Um, and are they even saying there's, no fluid. there's hope, or they're just saying? What are, they, what are they saying? They're saying there's hope because he's still moving, he's still alive, even though there's zero fluid. Um, um, the MFM is then informing me that you know here are risk factors that contribute to PPROM. Um, one is miscarriage. One is early. You know, one is smoking. One is. Um, you know, early or history of, you know, rupture of membranes. And we had two of the three, right? Because um, sh there had been a rupture of membranes previously um, at 36 weeks, five days, and then there had been a miscarriage, you know, call it six months prior. And so, which was news to me. So I was like, oh, that is good to know. Um, anyways, so yes. Um, so. So they're going through that with us. Um, you know, our surrogate is saying, you know, your son is still moving and like I can feel him and blah, blah, blah. So then two days later, she um, texts me or calls me in the morning on, of course. The 13th. The 13th. Right. <laughs> and she says, I got up to go to the bathroom and the cord was prolapsed. Um, so... You know, and since the cord was prolapsed through the cervix, like it cut off supply. So, so I got on a plane um, and went to California. Um, you know, they delivered him that day. Um, and then, you know, I went with a surrogate to a funeral home uh, to have him cremated and then have the ashes sent back. Um, yeah. And oh, so, sure, when you've so, been yes. through so, so much, much heartache, I can't right. imagine. Oh. So, so, yes. So, so at that point, you know, I was kind of like, I don't want any more agencies. I don't want any more, like, you know, I want more kids. I just don't want any more, like, I just don't want any, like, I just don't want any more, like, trouble. Um, and so, you know, it's January of 2016. Um, and, you know, there, this is where I feel like a lot of people really stepped up to help. Cause like, I think at this point I was reasonably well known. Um, I had just spoken at a conference in September of 2015. Um, and, you know, I was, had become quite active on the, the Facebook groups and like on all, on all about surrogacy, um, website page. And then, um, yeah. So like Janae Krell stepped in to help, um, Nancy Block stepped in to help, um, and they were like, we'll, we'll help you, um, you know, vet surrogates, we'll help you find an independent surrogate, you know, blah, blah, blah. So through January, from January to like September, we were vetting surrogates independently um, because Janae had put together a spotlight for us um, to have an ad to talk about, you know, we want to have more children. Um, and, uh, um, and, you know, Nancy Block helped, you know, review medical records and decide if people were 
you know, appropriate. Um, and we were looking for like the lowest risk denominators um, possible. So like no anything, like no, <laughs> right. like no early, like got to be in a stable relationship, no early <laughs> right. deliveries, right. no complications, like blah, blah, blah. blah. Right? Stable living situation. So, um, yeah, everything. Uh, right. Like, like work that's not going to stress you and, out, all of it. Right. And I had like a list of like, here's all the questions I intend to ask the psychologist <laughs> after the evaluation. Yeah. Um, and so we, you know, super, super um, detailed and like, anyway, so we, we, we met, tried to match with three surrogates um, that year. So the, the fourth surrogate, um, we matched with um, right after she got through her psych evaluation and her medical screening, flying her to California. Um, she and her husband got into an issue of domestic violence. Oh my goodness! They separated, so that ended that potential match. Oh, wow! <sighs> I mean, better um, that's early, right? Oh. I suppose that's better on that end, but it's still you've already put so much, even that emotional energy into it. At that point. Right. Sherman, you so deserve for the rest of your life to be perfect for nothing Drama free. ever to Drama go free. wrong. For you, your <laughs> spouse, your children, <laughs> everything. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, so that happened. Um, and then, um, so we met another surrogate who is fantastic. Um, and, and these women were wonderful. Um, but, um, so the second surrogate that we talked to she was nearby she was in indiana um she was great uh and we yeah matched um talking through her she had just delivered surrogate oh. twins to like wow deliver them in like oh, 38 weeks yeah, that's great. um and and like section. and i was like i'm not i'm only transferring one like you know it's so that's great um so we were talking and talking and talking. We had, you know, she went out for her medical evaluation and our RVF doctor comes back and says, um, you guys are incompatible because um, there's oh, a shower you know, factor or something. Um, right. And I was like, oh my God. So like after, yeah, it was like after, you know, everything. And like, you know, I, I remember her saying oh. like she was in tears the whole day. Um, you know, I was shocked because we had had like months right. of like talking to each other and like, um, you know, getting to know each other and met in person and like met her family. And, you know, we, we, we met after that too, right. um, oh. just to hang out together. And so, but yeah. Um, so she was, you know, upset and I was upset. Um, no, you know, and it's not cheap. Like, you know, like flying someone from Indiana and someone from Tennessee to California. is not right. cheap. You're, you're and, paying like, food and hotel and, and um, flight anyway, and so then, Uber or taxis or, and then you're right. also paying for the medical evaluation. Right. I mean, is the honest answer is those things are expensive. Yeah. Which is not, it's no. not cheap. Right. Like all, you know, the, yeah. the blood testing itself can be like two grand. Um, so like, well, anyway, the, t- the evaluations can be like two grand. So um, anyway, so then, so that didn't work out. So then we met another surrogate um, who had um, had a successful surrogacy journey previously. Um, she was great. We met her family. They were great. Um, spent the day with them. Um, decided to go forward. She went out to California. Um, the, uh, the RIVF doctor calls me up and says, um, you can't match with her. She has an incompatibility as well. Oh, wow. And we'll have you tested for something. 
and then see if we if it's if it's truly incompatible and like you know, uh, okay. I think it was antigen E or antibody E. And like, it came back that I was like double E positive and, or something like that. And it was like, this is not going to work. And I was like, crap. So that was the third <laughs> surrogate that year that we tried to match with. That would have been perfect. And we just could not. Um, yeah. So then finally September comes and we get another, we get another surrogate um, that we can match with. Okay. And that one actually works out. Um, so, and actually what happened is, we met this woman, we talked to her, we met her family. She's a first time surrogate. She's great. Um, we really like her and we met with her and it, everything checks out. And by this time I was like, you need to check, you need to check this compatibility. You need to check this. And like, I want these things tested before she gets on a plane, please. Um, and then, and actually at the same time, we had another woman come forward who was also wanting to be a first time surrogate. And, um, she also worked, would have worked out great. But the surrogate that we met first, so this is actually surrogate number seven. Um, she was like, I don't want to do like, she, anyway, like it was not, the idea of like two independent journeys was not really something she was wanting to embark on, which is totally fine. So we, you know, said, we're just going to go one at a time. Um, and um, yeah, so uh, at this time, I actually chose um, to move our embryos to a different clinic. Um, cause I wanted a fresh start. Um, and while I'm forever grateful to our IVF doctor, we just wanted to kind of start clean. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, um, so we, our embryos moved to a different clinic within California. Um, our new RE did the evaluations, um, cleared our surrogate. Um, so we met September 1st, I think, and we were ready to transfer by, um, February 7th of 2017. Um, and so we had a, so it was our seventh surrogate. It was our seventh transfer. It was on February 7th of 2017. Um, and yeah, like our beta comes back um, 10 days after transfer. Uh, and um, it's like 250 or something um, right around there, okay. which is good. That's yep. And then, yeah. you know, a week later, our second beta comes back in. It's over 2000. Um, and so looking good. Surrogate is happy. She's calm. She has a very calm mindset. Her, her relationship with her spouse is what is how She's not moving. Her job's okay. Well, um, she is moving. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> Her family, so they were in Texas. They're moving back to Indiana, which was closer to us. I'm like, great, perfect. Okay, all right. Um, and so, yeah, so they moved to Indiana because um, her husband works in construction. Um, so then she's in Indiana, close to her family. So I'm like, good, good support network. Right. She, there was a subchorionic hematoma. It was small and it shrank and it resolved. Because I, I, okay. I started to have anxiety about that early on in the first right. yes, of course. And then, like, right. everything, you know, kind of worked out. Um, so, so yes. So, the pregnancy proceeds forward very smoothly. Um, and, oh, um, yes. I am going to have to, sorry, I'm going to have to jump off because I have to be somewhere. 
Yeah, no, I completely understand. I think um, if you are okay, we'll try to do part two to wrap up, to tell the end of your story and right. your amazing work, but but we understand. So that was part one. Stay tuned for the next, <laughs> right. the conclusion of this dramatic story. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sherman. Thank you so much, ladies. I'm sorry. I just got so into it that I forgot. I lost track of time. No worries. Welcome back, Sherman. Thank you. For, Thanks. We had, we had a little bit of a break, but we're coming back to this because you have a, a long story. You've been through a long journey. Um, yes. But when we left off, we were at surrogate number seven. You had decided to go independent. And tell us how that went. So, um, so yeah, so we just had our, we just had our third, second trimester loss. Um and that doesn't include the twin loss that we had in the first trimester in our um, in our third pregnancy attempt um, or third journey. And we, I mean, just keeping track of your heartbreaking losses is hard. It's right. So much. Just the numbers, the volume becomes sheer, like sheer volume becomes too much to concentrate on almost. Yeah, it, I mean, a lot happened over the seven years when we, you know, started the entered into the world and started researching and you know. January of 2011, you know, through January of 2016, and then continuing forward. Um, so, so yeah, so we started over um, with an independent journey. We had people come in to help us. We had an ad posted on All Things Surrogacy by the um, wonderful Janae Croft. And then we had um, Nancy Block help us um, screening and reviewing medical records, um, which was wonderful. Um, so and, you got one and that one was perfect. You only had to go, or maybe you had to go through two or three. How, how did that um, go? No, no, no. We, we, we started, the ad got posted in kind of middle of January. Um, and we actually, through the course of, um, about eight months, uh, went through or screened through, uh, 40 different women. 40. Wow. And was it because you were super picky, or why? Why forty? I don't. I don't think we were. I mean, we were conservative at this point. Um, and uh, we and our RE was very conservative. Also, like, like we needed, you know, basically showroom new flawless pregnancy history. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so. The but these are medical requirements. It's not like you're like, she also has to have a PhD in something. Or- right. What? Yeah. I mean, we had, you know, in the 40 women, like, for example, one woman had not been, her, her last pregnancy was like 16 years ago. So, you know, she oh, was. That's hard. Out, yeah. You know. We had one woman who um, was very tall and, um, you know, she carried twins, but she had delivered them at, I think, like 32 and a half weeks. And. She had been a previous surrogate, and I was like, my Ari will never clear that. Um, <laughs> um, no offense. I mean, he was never going to approve that for us. Right. Uh, so so there was that. So, you know, we had, you know, now we had three women who, you know, step, screened and, like, had passed, um, but were ruled out for a variety of issues that I um, might have mentioned before. Yeah, we talked um, about, yeah, the so, blood, the, yeah, the incompatibility blood issues, yeah. Right. And then, you know, one had a real life situation that enabled her to not 
become a surrogate. So then we finally got down to meeting the woman who would um, carry our our child in September. Um, and she was, you know, very calm. And, you know, at this point we had all these questions and like, you know, we had all these gates to review, like, you know, Nancy had to review her and then I had to review her and um, our RE had to review her. And, um, and then, you know, she had to pass all these blood tests and, you know, extra tests before she got up and left right. and like extra medical reviews before she got on a plane and just on and on and on and on. Um, and yeah, so just a ton of like free work and it worked out that she, you know, she passed everything. Um, she had a, she had and has a really good personality, um, very calm, very like, you know, even faced with some challenges, like with a subchorionic hematoma again, and like, you know, moving states, um, she was always very, very calm. Um, and so, you know, we got through the first trimester, we had a good beta and I looked, I even looked it up today. Cause I, what I had done was, um, we were, we were keeping this secret from everyone at this point. Um, and so I had created a secret um, Facebook group that really only had three, four people in it, myself and three close people. Um, so no one really knew. And um, uh, nobody knew that we were expecting another child except for um, my one friend who was pushing our ad, my, another friend of mine who I had known since I joined the surrogacy world, and then my first son's godmother. And that was it. My own parents didn't know. Um, and we, so I was, I was in that Facebook today checking, and our first beta was 253, and then our second beta a week later was 2400. Um, and so our betas were good. Um, then we had a subchorionic hematoma, and then we had like three ultrasounds. Um, so we had strong heartbeats each time, um, you know, at seven weeks, eight weeks, and nine weeks. The, the doctor was measuring the SCH and it was shrinking. So that was good, which, you know, that was a tense time because the last time our subcoronatic hematoma didn't resolve. And yeah, and so it was very stressful. Um, and so, but that healed. Uh, we got to the 12 week um, or end of the first trimester, you know, nuchal translucency test. Um, everything was fine with the baby um, and it was good. And, and the bad thing is, like, for most people, that's when, like, most people are like, okay, now we can relax. And now you're like, uh, right. I still can't relax. Yeah. <laughs> Everything no, you've been through, you're going to still be on pins and needles. Right. 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 Yeah, I wasn't relaxing until we got to viability, which was 24 weeks. Um, so, I, so, yeah, so, we, and we had another 12 weeks ago, and nobody knew still. Like, oh, wow. Very few people, like, knew. So, when did you um, tell people? Well, we got to, um, we got through the, um, the 20 week anatomy scan, um, and, uh, you know, everything was fine and still haven't told my parents yet. And so my mom's, my mom's birthday was, um, is July 8th and she, we, at that point for her birthday, we were 24 weeks and two days. And so we were past viability. So what we did for her birthday is we got her a picture album. Um, and it showed, you know, pictures of the, um, you know, how we were pregnant with Trey. 
and like, you know, a picture of his egg donor and like a picture of him in utero because we have all these pictures of him, you know, uh, like as an embryo and then like pictures of ultrasounds. Um, um, and then, you know, like pictures of him growing up and with his godmother and with us and like, you know, all the joy and all the celebration. And then, um, and then it flips to a picture of um, the egg donor again and like a picture of an embryo and then a picture of a bump and like, oh, and she's just looking at it and she's crying and like, oh, I'm filming she, it. Does she understand and, right away? She gets it right And then away. she gets, and then she gets to the, and um, she gets to the end and she's looking and she's just crying. And um, my mom's very colorful and she's oh. Southern and um, she was um, looking at pictures and reminiscing and, and, and she wasn't, she didn't really recognize. And I, in retrospect, I didn't take a really good picture of the baby bump. Um, uh, but she, what we'd put over the baby bump was like, you know, coming October. And, and I was like, and she just kind of kept going through the picture album. And I was like, well, did you see what the last picture said? And she was like, no. <laughs> and she thought that all those pictures with the embryos and the ultrasounds. Were just repeat the for Trey. Yeah. Were just repeat for Trey. And then... She went back and she looked at it and she was like, are you serious? Like, you know, super excited. Are you serious? <laughs> and so, and it was her 70th birthday. So it was a nice birthday present. Aww. So then what was hilarious about that was like, you know, she's like pregnant. And like, my dad's like, who's pregnant? And, <laughs> and he totally didn't get it for like a minute. Like, Who's pregnant? And he looks, my brother and his girlfriend were there. Oh, so like, oh, are you pregnant? Oh, okay. hey, hey. <laughs> the girlfriend was like, not me. <laughs> exactly. Like, no. Yeah. And it was us. And then my dad's like, well, I'm the granddad. Nobody told me you guys were pregnant. And yeah, Aww. of course we didn't. So, so anyway, so that's when we told my mother on her birthday and we had just passed the point of viability. Um, that's awesome. And so, and then we, again, we, and then a few days later, I told my boss and my boss's boss at work. Um, and it was my way of saying to them, like, I'm going to need paternity leave. But I wrote them a letter and said something to the effect of at the end of the letter is, you know, as our family becomes a family of four. And so they both read it and they were just like, okay. And then my boss is like, is there a new, new member to the table? <laughs> I'm like, Yes. Uh, we're pregnant <laughs> and then oh okay and then they got it and then they were all excited um, <laughs> so, awesome. but, but then i didn't tell the people that reported to me at work until we were in the third trimester um and i said um you know i'm gonna be going out on leave in october and i think it was august by then um and i and so and then of course they were all excited um uh, and, and like, but I held it a secret until like the third trimester, um, with my work. That's so hard. like, it was just, That's tough. and, and then I didn't tell the Facebook world until he was born. I, um, right. but before we get to that, so everything is trucking along in the pregnancy. It's smooth. Um, it's calm. And, you know, I had some trips for the organism for men having babies because this is 2017 now. Right. Um, so I had trips for men having babies, you know, I'm traveling around the country, um, and, you know, our surrogate gets to like 35 weeks and she starts having, you know, you know, serious labor contractions and Braxton Hicks and everything. So she's to the hospital there and out. 
and next week it's the same thing, and they're yeah. out. And, like, 37 weeks hits, and I think she was there for, like, a couple days um, or maybe a day or two. And um, um, and uh, the doctor's like, well, you know, because you've had, you know, a number of scares, you know, we should schedule an induction. And I was like, I'm fine with an induction. Um, I want – but you need to make the choices as the surrogate. Like, I just want a healthy baby at the end. You know, if you want to do a, a if you want to do a water delivery in the hospital, I don't care. It has to be in the hospital. We just already agreed to that, right? right? And that's one of the big topics yep. you need to discuss. But like, it had to be in the hospital. But like, if you want to pool the water, I'm fine with that. If you want to walk around, if you want to sit in a ball, I don't care. You know, you make those choices as long as it's in the hospital and we have an OB. I'm okay. And so, you know, we had pre worked all those things, so that was already fine. So, um, so yeah, um, so we were trucking along, and I remember I was. So they scheduled an induction for 39 weeks. I had a zero days, like on the nose. And so I had a trip to, um, I think, L.A. or San Diego, like at 38 weeks. And so with, with Ron from Men Having Babies. And I, am, I was literally sitting in um, Dr. Kumar's office in Western Fertility Clinic. And, and like my, our surrogate was at the doctor's appointment at the same time. And I was like looking at my phone and I was like, I'm not rude. Like we're pregnant. We're 38 weeks pregnant today. And I just need to know if I need to get up in this moment and get on a plane and go back to Ohio <laughs> because right. she is in delivery. Um, and, uh, and we did have, there was one time where she's like, it's serious. And we got in the car, like in the middle of the night and, you know, me, my husband, our oldest son, and got halfway to Indiana to, go to the hospital and she's like, they're releasing me from the hospital. Ah, like, turned okay. around. Right. And we turned around, but, um, anyway, so, so yeah. Um, oh, so, and one thing I did forget when we, we didn't tell our son that we were going to have a baby, um, until we were 32 weeks because, you know, he was, uh, he was four. Yeah. Three or four. Yeah. And he was, we were like, he'll just tell everybody. So, <laughs> I'm not going to tell him. So <laughs> at, at, at 32 weeks, we went to the hospital for the hospital tour. Um, and we brought him. And that's when we told him um, that we were going to have a baby. And we're like, you know, the baby's in Holly. And he threw. So two things happened that were interesting. One, in the middle of the hospital tour, he's like, how did the baby get in the belly? Um, <laughs> so that <laughs> This is the time. Um, and then, and so our circuit is like, you're going to answer him, right? <laughs> I was yeah. like, yes, we'll tell him about it. And then, you know, he was, yeah, he must have been three at the time. So, um, and turning four in October, in August. So he either had just turned four or was about to turn four. And he, so he asked that question, which I thought was pretty, you know, pretty impressive for like a four year old. Right. And then yeah. when we, he was, you know, he was still taping, taking regular naps at that point. So he was getting a little fussy. So my husband took him to the car. He threw an all-out tantrum because he thought we were leaving the hospital that day with the baby. Um, and so he's like, he's like, where's my sibling? Um, and like really just was inconsolable because he thought we were going home with another um, So yeah. So that's what happened. Um, so then, so yeah, so fast forward to 38 weeks. Um, I'm in California on the other side of the country. Everything is fine. The induction is scheduled for a week later. Um, I don't have to get up and leave. Um, 
and then, you know, I finished my trip with Ron from having babies. Um, I go back to Ohio. Um, you know, we finalize that I'm going to be, um, I'm going to be, you know, on paternity leave for a month. And, you know, on October 18th, we, it was my last day of work. We drove up to Indiana that night. Um, and then October 19th, they started the induction and, um, Nate was born at 8.01 PM, um, central time. Yay. Healthy and, and big. Uh, Yay. Healthy and big and like eight pounds um, and one ounce, you know, just a healthy baby. Um, I got to cut the cord. Oh, he was born um, was at 801 and he was eight pounds, one ounce. That's great. <laughs> the matching them. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Catching your numbers there. Um, yeah, getting our numbers. Um, and then uh, on October 19th. And yeah, everything was smooth for him. Um, our surrogate had a couple issues. Um post-delivery and, um, you know, needed some additional medical help. Nothing too, too serious, but, um, but, you know, she's fine, um, and, and doing well, um, now. And, uh, but the, you know, the baby was healthy, like, um, oh, and I forgot the most important thing. I did not disclose the name until he was born. Ah, interesting. A lot of people right. do that. Ellen did that. She didn't tell me the name of her kids until they were born. Oh. So, you know. That's, that's why because we were arguing about the names until the day they were born. Uh. Or with the last one, we didn't have a name and we had to come up with one the day she showed up. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it. our names have been picked since, um, I think, 2015. Oh, wow. So, um, and so you know, I actually want to backtrack a little bit, Sherman, for you. Like, so sure. you, you alluded to, and one of the things that's important, and obviously a way that we've met you and got to know you, is through men having babies. And yeah. you know, so you said obviously during this, you had started your work with men having babies, and I actually I remember talking to you at at a men having babies conference and hearing yes. part of this story. Like before Nate was born, I heard part of this story. So you know, um, but. It, Tell us about your, how you got involved in men having babies and let's start from there. Cause it is such a huge, wonderful and worthwhile organization that we've, we've liked. And if you don't yeah. mind, cause some people might not know if do you want to explain what is men having babies. Sure. Um, so um, men having babies is a non-for-profit, a global non-for-profit organization that has two missions. Uh, one to educate and inform um, uh, gay men on how to have biological children through surrogacy and IVF and egg donation. And the other mission of the organization is to um, make surrogacy more affordable for people that choose that path uh, by offering a financial assistance program to really lessen the cost. And so, so those, that's, those are the two missions and um, it's an amazing organization. And I, um, I, you know, I, I was giving a speech in, in February, no, January of this year, um, in our fundraiser in San Diego. And like, I just, you know, I had to, to reflect out loud to the, to the people that were attending, like, that I just can't believe that this is where my life has taken me. Um, you know, I'm here, I'm some, I'm this guy that grew up in Ohio. Um, and then I'm standing in, you know, someone's amazing house, um, in, in, uh, in California, giving a speech on fertility. Um, at a fundraising event and and how how did I go from the small literally a small town boy from North Canton, Ohio to this and like I just can't believe my my life sometimes 
um, when I think about it. Yeah. So what originally so, got you involved with men having babies then? Since obviously that happened sometime during your journey. You weren't involved with them from the beginning of your first surrogacy, but but somewhere in right. there it happened. Right. Um, so I had given a, I had been invited to a conference in 2015 to speak um, at a different organization, Families Through Surrogacy. And, um, and then, you know, I started to become, I think, somewhat recognizable on the Facebook boards as well as some of the other inter, um, internet sites. And um, in the summer of 2016, I got an email or a phone call um, from, from Ron from Men Having Babies saying, we're looking for new board members and we'd like to consider, um, we'd like you to consider applying um, and, and interviewing and seeing if you would be a fit for the organization. And so, I was like, oh, of course, like, right. of course I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so I, so I applied and I interviewed and um, I think in September they announced that they were going to take on three new board members. And I was one. Congrats. Um, and then in New York, it, yeah. and then I got to go to New York for my first conference and in that fall. And I was like, oh my that, God. that was when I met you. I totally remember that. That's when we met. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> My first ever conference. Yeah, oh, awesome. Goodness. This is ser- like this is serious. Like, look at all these people that are here. Look at all these providers yeah, that are here. Right. Um, so, yes. So that yeah. that was the start of it all. Yeah. So you so you've been involved. I mean, obviously with them, and you know, tell me if you don't. I mean, just I mean, obviously I know some of the things they do, but a lot of people who are listening might not know a lot of the programs that they have and the outreach and conferences and, and things that men having babies provide for, for people. It's a, it's a wide gamut of things. So sorry, that's a huge broad question. Oh yes. I mean, we have, we have conferences, I think is the thing that you know most people recognize us for. We have, a, we have, we're starting a membership program um, that offers discounts. We have the financial assistance program that offers um, two stages of discount that are just amazing and really lessen the cost by tens of thousands of dollars. Um, we have um, our, our website that offers a ton of information and our YouTube videos and our, um, that offer a ton of information to help educate people. Um, we're, and we're continuing to find new ways um, to impact the surrogacy in the IVF world um, by providing more information, impacting the laws and legislations, um, or, um, you know, in some of the places where surrogacy is not as friendly. So we were providing input into New York surrogacy laws um, coming up to try to, you know, push them in our favor so that compensated surrogacy in New York could become legal. Um, you know, we're working with Resolve um, to help more companies have more benefits for infertile couples so that the cost of surrogacy and adoption um, is, is less expensive. Um, you know, more companies are providing benefits and you know, I, I just sent a, a note to our HR organization and said, look at all these companies providing all this money, um, you know, for infertility. You know, this should be something that we should think about. And um, I'm waiting to hear back uh, from them because, you know, we work, my company is a medical device company. And, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's helpful that if we're in the space of, you know. Be a, be a leader, right. Yeah. Right. Be a leader. Um, and so, yeah. So, yep. Uh, so those are, I mean, we do lots of those things as well and, um, trying and, to keep and, a prize. And tell us what, what is your current role with men having babies? 
Um, so currently I'm the chairman of the board. Um, <laughs> um, and, um, you know, I, but, and I feel like, you know, I'm just one person that wants more people to realize their dreams yeah. smoother and less, far less expensive or cheaper than what we had to do or go through. Yeah. And that's what motivates me. You know, I hope that no one takes seven years and, you know, all these losses and, um, all this money and, you know, all the issues and all the problems, um, and they can get to having a healthy child or children as quickly as possible, um, and, and have, you know, a healthy, healthy baby. Yeah. Do you, would you mind uh, and sharing your list of things that you, uh, think that people should ask agencies and letting us share this with, with people and putting it on our website for, for people? Um, I would not mind that at all. And do you want to give, good. do you want to give a preview of where the conferences for men having babies are? I know the organization has really expanded and is growing into some more and new exciting cities. I know we were, we were bummed to miss Taipei recently. Right. Our grandmother yes. turned 90 that weekend. Yes. So we were like, oh, choices, family, so important. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so. We have eight global conferences now. So let's see if I'll try to do them in chronological order. So we have San Francisco in January, um, Taipei in March, Chicago in April, Florida, which is uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale in um, June. Uh, then we have Brussels in September, uh, New York in November, Tel Aviv in December. Oh, and I forgot Toronto in uh, October. Right. Awesome. I know, right? So, <laughs> I mean, and I will say, if there's anybody out there who is listening, they are really incredible conferences. I went recently and just went as an attendee so I could hear it and hear everything and really, really great information for people. So you guys, you guys do a really great job of educating people. And, and really, I, I think I understand it's men having babies, but I think it's something that really could benefit all people who are going through the surrogacy process because it's still all of that information about making sure you are finding ethical agencies and you know how to treat people well and all of those process things apply to everybody regardless. To everyone, yes, exactly. Um, so I have so I have published a number of documents and I usually po po post them in the Facebook groups that I'm either an admin of or very active in. And so the so one of the documents is questions to ask your agency. Another one is questions to ask your mental health specialist. Um, another one is questions to ask your wait, questions to ask your attorney. Um, and so the questions to ask your agency one, um, it is well, I have 11 questions. I say I'll find it outside of our interview and I'll, we'll make sure we post it on our website so that people can go back and, and cross-reference it. But I just want sure. to, yeah, so. Yeah, um, no problem. Um, I mean, I can, I can go through the questions now or like, I mean, there's many, there are many. After, after my experience, there's yeah, I feel like we could do whole episodes on just the questions. Yeah. So, Sherman, is this your happy ending? Are you there for your family? Um, That is in discussion. <laughs> I, I know it's an inappropriate question, but, you know, every, straight people are asked it all the time, so it's only fair. No? <laughs> right. We are, um, I would say... I mean, our vision was always two to four, and I think if we had had 
um, if we had had one of the twin journeys yeah. work out um, and had three children now, I think we would be done. Yeah. Um, I think, um, I think, um, I think, you know, we're at two, um, you know, our, our, this, the, Nate, our youngest um, has been, yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's, he's pretty stubborn and strong-willed, which I blame on the egg donor. Good. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no, it's, that's definitely me. I'm definitely stubborn. Um, but he sleeps a ton. He eats everything. And I do mean everything. Um, and he is in general, like a pretty Yay. happy baby. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard sometimes. Yeah. Like, do I go out on top, right? <laughs> well, I've heard good things right. about having four kids. I mean, um, for other families who have four. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're, they're great. Some days when um, perhaps today the two-year-old took a, no, the four-year-old took a chair and smashed it across the six-year-old's face. That, uh, yeah, we don't Maybe, maybe Everyone's today. fine. Everyone's fine, though. That's, yes. Right, right. At the end of the day, everybody's fine. So, um, yeah. So I, I think we should have you come back and talk through some of those things like agency questions and psychological questions and why those make such a big difference to you. But at this point, I, I, I think we're, we've probably inundated people with the tears and the happy joy and all of those things for this one. <laughs> but thank you, Sherman, so much. We really appreciate that you are willing to, to come and talk to us and share your story to, to the world because that's how we make a difference is by telling people they're, they're not alone through this. So we really appreciate that. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for this. And um, sorry it took me so long to, to, to <laughs> <laughs> no worries at all. I'm just glad you finally did come and talk to us. So thank you. No, I, and I'm so glad we got to meet in now is um, my first ever conference. We'll, maybe we'll see you in Chicago next week. We'll be there next week. Next week. Oh, next week. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, April. Yeah, 15th. that's what I thought. Yep. That's what I thought. Yep. Next month. <laughs> um, oh, if you're going to be there, then you might you might be in for a little bit of a surprise. Oh. <gasps> okay. What? Excellent. Tell I'm us so a surprise. Excited. Okay. Uh, no, I can't tell you. It's a okay. surprise. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna thank Sherman <laughs> and stop recording, and then we'll ask him. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> thank you, Sherman, for coming on and sharing your incredibly um, personal and difficult story. I, I can't imagine one person, one one couple having to go through all of that. Any any element of loss there is incredibly traumatic, but so much. And I think all it's of it together. Telling, yeah. 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 That you know, it's amazing their perseverance that they never gave up on completing that family and having the family they dreamed of. So I think that's really, really wonderful, but a little bit of a reality check for a lot of, um, a lot of people who come into this thinking, Oh, it'll be smooth sailing technologies. You know, it's got it down. We're guaranteed a baby first time. And to know that even with the amazing advancements, there's still things happen and it's not uncommon. Yeah, things just unfortunately sometimes go wrong. You, you know, it sucks, but it, you know, it's just unfortunately Sherman had a lot of things go wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong and wrong. And, ugh, uh, it's too hard to even, like, no. Ugh. Ah, okay. Um, but I will say that for people, especially in, 
you know, Sherman situation and, you know, there's, there are organizations to kind of loop back around that things like men having babies do help people and are, they're a great organization to support. So either financially with your time, things like that, you know, just definitely. Well, and if you're at the beginning, especially if you're um, a gay man or a gay couple, their conferences are just a wealth of information. So they're a really good start to really understand all the moving pieces, all the different options, where you want to take this and how to, how to navigate everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, we, we love them. So please do support them. Uh, but also support us by giving us a call. Uh, if you ever ha- have any feedback for us, please call us at 303-997-1903. You, you don't have to talk to us in person. It's actually a recording line. So you can just leave us a happy little message. We, I, we won't answer, I promise, and embarrass you on the spot. Um, but also you can leave us reviews on iTunes. And uh, tell us, you know, it just gives us some positive feedback that we're doing uh, okay and that people are happy to be listening. So we we do appreciate that you're all out there and listening to us uh, every week. So thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks.